Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Well, good morning, church. Come on, who's excited to be here today? Anybody? Yeah. We are glad that you are here, and you just saw a little bit of, uh, just a little snippet of what our fifth through eighth graders are going to be diving into um, this coming weekend, next weekend, as they go away on their retreat, and what's going to be being poured into them and taught to them, and uh, there's still spots available, and it's not too late to register, so I just want to put that out there. If you have a fifth through eighth grade student, we'd love for them to go. We should go on the Church Center app. Uh, it's a $50 deposit to reserve your spot. We do have um, very generous people in our church that have uh, made scholarships available, so if you know of somebody that wants to go and they just can't afford the entire cost or uh, it's going to be a stretch for them, or uh, maybe that's maybe that's you and your family. I know we're coming up on the holiday season, and people are trying to, you know, like save all that money and keep everything you can because you're going to be buying Christmas gifts and all of that. We do have people in our church that have been very generous and want to help sponsor kids to be able to go. So be sure and let us know. You can send an email to info at yourimpactchurch.com, yourimpactchurch.com, and you can let us know who that is or if that's you, and we can figure out a way to connect you with one of those scholarships so that your student is available or able to go. Does that make sense? A um, couple other things really quickly. Uh, just want to remind you that uh, on the screen, so when you drop your kids off in kids ministry, just something very practical, a couple of things um, that would help us out is we have begun to use a parent paging system. So if any of the teachers or volunteers need you during the service, your code, all right, so when you check your kid in, the last thing that you get printed out is a little bitty, uh, it's smaller than all the tags, it's a little bitty, it has a code on it that's about four or five numbers and letters, that is your family code, and so when you dropped your kid off, their tag matches your tag, and that is the code that will go on the screen when, the, when one of our volunteers need you uh, to come assist with one of your kids or something like that. So, with that being said, if you see um, this orange box or something pop up on the screen, you need to check your code and you need to make sure if that's you because there is somebody back there for some reason that is needing your assistance with, with your child. So make sure, and we'll try to keep reminding you of that. I know in the past we've used text messages. Sometimes you can't receive a text message in this building. That's why we have really good Wi-Fi, but we can't allow access to the, all the Wi-Fi because we have so much stuff running on the Wi-Fi to make church happen on a weekly basis. And so this is a great way that it'll be right there as you're looking up here throughout the entire service, even during worship. So you see that thing pop up there on worship. Just be mindful of that. And then the last thing that, uh, that I want to make mention of, just want to remind you, we talked to you about this a few months ago. Uh, we had created uh, another exit down at the far end of the hall. So when you pick up your kids, if other people are coming in and dropping their kids off, if you're picking up your kids, if you want to exit down through the hall, continue down the hall and turn left, there's an entirely... Uh, there's another door down there that you can exit out of, and that would probably help with the flow of traffic in between services if, if you can do that. If you need to come back in the building, that's totally fine. You just come right back, and you can come right back in the front doors if you forgot something. You need to come in, or you just saw your friend come in for the late service, and they were supposed to be here with you at the 9 o'clock service. <laughs> and you want to say hi, and you want to rub it in their face a little bit, and you need to come back in the building. That's fine. 
but if, if you want to use that exit, that is available. I know we mentioned that. It's been a while since we mentioned that, but I want to make sure you're aware that that is there. And then the last thing before we get into uh, our story today is praying for another church. I want to pray for Bonham Street Church of Christ today. So Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in this room together. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Um, Lord, that isn't just here, but that you go with us. You live in us. And Lord, I thank you for uh, so many great churches in our community. Today we lift up Bonham Street Church of Christ, and we pray that you would bless them. Lord, that, uh, that they would be about building your kingdom and that we would be able to come alongside them and partner with them to see people reached with the gospel. And we thank you for it. We thank you for their leadership, their pastor, their congregation, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, last week we began this brand new series uh, that we call Stories. And we've done this in the past, and we brought it back again, because I think there's, there's nothing like being able to see other people's stories your peers, people that you work with, people you go to church with, and see um, what God has done in their life. And so each week we're watching a video, a recorded video of uh, a different couple sharing their story. And today is no exception. Last week, come on, wasn't last week just amazing, the story Mossy and Ermy Kinds? If you, if you missed that, you need to go back and watch that. You need to go on the Church Center app or on our YouTube or uh, Facebook. You can get it on there. And watch that. It was really, really a good, great story. And we talked about the marriage relationship. We talked about our decisions and our behavior out of that story. Today's story is from Anthony and Mariah Emily. And I am so excited for you to, to hear their story and see what God is doing and has done in their life. So I won't waste any more time. Uh, if you'll turn your attention to the screen, this is Anthony and Mariah Emily. Hi, I'm Anthony Emily. This is my wife, Mariah Emily. Hi. We are the Emilys. Yes. <laughs> I guess we will start with some background. You want to go ahead and dive into yours? Um, so I was not raised in a Christian uh, home. Um, my parents, you know, were just, it was be good people and, you know, do good to others as you want done to you. Um, but there was no talk of Jesus, the Bible. Um, yeah, he was pretty absent in our household. And now as an adult, I've kind of discovered the unhealthiness in that or dysfunction that can come with that. Um, my grandma was a Christian and she would drag me to church when I was a teenager and, and younger. But, uh, you know, I wasn't going for the right reasons. It wasn't until I was an adult where I really decided that I wanted Jesus in my life. I craved structure. I wanted to believe that there was something more than that. I came from a Catholic background. When I, I was one year old, I was baptized Catholic, went to Sunday school, all that stuff. Um, eventually, as I got older, my mom decided to bring us into Christian church. I think Abundant Life was the first church that we went to, and that was in um, Roseville, California. And uh, that's when that's when Christianity kicked off for us. Um, I didn't pay too much attention to any of that stuff when I was younger. Uh, I turned 16 and kind of tore away from going to church and decided that, you know, I wasn't going to be involved with any of that. It didn't interest me at the time. And then going through some of the issues that I'd gone through in my adulthood, I was about 29 years old, so that would be three years ago. 
that I decided to come to the Lord. I was going through some pretty heavy addiction issues at the time and uh, major depression, major anxiety issues, panic attacks all the time and just decided that I couldn't take it anymore. So my dad was trying to direct me to the Lord for a while. I, I want to say what a year or something like that. Um, where he would invite me to these Zoom meetings, uh, you know, end times Bible studies, prayer groups, and stuff like that. Eventually, I finally came to that, but this is after I was going through such a rough time while we were still living in California that I was just breaking down and I called my, my mother and she had gotten on a three-way call with my aunt to pray for me. And I think at that moment there was when I decided I need to do something different. I need to be saved, I want to be saved because right now my life is just falling apart and I can't even bear to be in my own skin. Started going to, you know, a couple different churches, trying them out, going to church with Mariah's aunt and her mom. And, uh, and we just liked the community that we had there. Um, it wasn't anything, you know, like the community we have nowadays, but it was a start to get us started into Christianity, get us started into following Jesus. Yeah, and my mom, you know, she was also new. She knew that she needed more. She needed to be saved. And so we kind of went through that journey together. And we would, you know, it was coming to church together as a family, having a stable, like, relationship together that we were able to, uh, I feel like, grow stronger in a way. Um, you know, seeing my mom get down on her knees and ask for prayer and just beg the Lord to, to save her was just a big impact on me. When we decided that we wanted to move from California, we wanted a new start. We wanted to shed our old lives. We wanted to be rid of all of our bad habits, unhealthy uh, relationship traits, things that we would say to each other, to other people. Um, we just, we wanted to be rid of all of it. And Anthony, it was his idea to get baptized. And luckily, you know, my aunt, she uh, knew somebody and he invited us to his home. And so we were baptized together. Uh, and then Sterling, our son, decided he wanted to get baptized too. And so we were all baptized uh, the day Anthony started driving to Texas. So it was like, it was like the hammer dropped and we were done with everything, our old lives. Yep. And decided to start new. Yep. Got saved. Yeah. You know, got baptized and then started the exodus to Texas. <laughs> yeah. So April 13th of 2020, I had, uh, I was working on a building in Southern California, uh, installing solar uh, panels and all that stuff. And COVID had closed down my, what I was normally doing, which is metal work. Um, they had closed down all of our job sites because of COVID. So after being home for, what was it, like a week or two? Yeah. It was like a week or two. I was like, I can't stand this anymore. I need to get back to work. And so I started uh, working for a solar company and I fell through one of the skylights about 35 feet up in the air, straight to the concrete on the inside of the building. And uh, after that, it kind of changed everything. I mean, I broke my foot, ankle, knee, femur, hip, face, head, hand, false arms, and a couple ribs, I think, too. Yeah, I'm thankful that your dad was in the church so that he was able to spread the word and we were able to receive 
prayer from so many people and so many people helped us and were there for us through that situation that it, it really showed the Lord's place in our life at that time. Yeah, it really, it really um, showed the power of prayer too, to me. Yeah. I, I, you know, have all these people praying for me, an entire church that's praying for me, my mom's church praying for me. The fall that I took, I went through head first and most people don't survive the brain injury that I got. But through all that prayer, um, I healed enough to function some, somewhat uh, on a level that I can still do things that I enjoy like fishing and stuff like that. Going to that facility showed me how blessed that I was because of the fact that a lot of the people got in lesser accidents than I did and lost a lot more than I did that can't function on a normal level anymore. Not that I can function on a normal level, but you know, I function better than what I thought I would. They said that I wasn't gonna be walking, but you know, I'm walking. And you were so reckless before your accident. Yeah. You were crazy. You know, you used to, he used to free scale mountains and just for fun. And he'd have me on his phone and his little earbud talking to me on the phone and he'd be like, yeah, I'm just climbing up a, a mountain right now. Like no big deal. I'd be like, are you being safe? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm wearing my Adidas. <laughs> uh, but I just, I feel like it took a lot from you and yeah. being able to do all those things. And I'm just so thankful that you're still here and you're still able to do what you can do now. Yeah, me too. One of the biggest blessings that has come from the survival of that accident is our daughter, Grace. She's been a part of the healing too. Uh, some of the mental healing especially and that also ties into our loss of Dakota too. Yeah, I was uh, five and a half months pregnant with my daughter. We had learned that uh, she had um, a disease where her bones weren't, they weren't, forming. they weren't forming completely so they were hollow and they said that if I were to give birth that uh, they, she would break. Yeah. And so um, we had to have um, a medical abortion. And uh, that was really hard because I felt useless. And I felt like I wasn't, like that's what we're, as women, that's what we're made to do, is to have children and families and to be mothers. It was so, I felt broken and um, I fell into a depression. I had never really understood depression before that. I just thought, you know, if you're sad, like why don't you just cheer up? You know, it's not hard. And uh, so that was my first real hit with what it felt like to um, to feel that way, to be that low. And when I lost her, I really thought, you know, I'm, I had been like borderline, like, yeah, Christianity, Jesus, like heaven, hell, you know, whatever. But I had never really thought about it too much where it mattered to me. And uh, I didn't want to believe that she just poofed into thin air or that she was just gone or ended there. And I, that's when I decided I had to believe that there was more than this, that this is, this is temporary. And I, I knew that I was gonna see her again. I had to believe that. That was a big hitter for me. I needed to, to know that I would see her again one day. And when we got pregnant with Gracie, I always say that God gave me grace when he gave me her because he healed me with her in every way. She is just, she's so wonderful and so precious and she fits me perfectly like a puzzle piece. It is so crazy. <laughs> he, he'll say like, he jokes around and he's like, just the other day, what did you say? You said, I don't know. You came in and we were 
we were taking a bath together and he was like you were just saying how you couldn't stand her but here you are you're just hanging out with her <laughs> and um he's like you just can't stay away from each other and i'm just i'm so thankful i just i knew when i was pregnant with her i felt it in my soul that i had to name her grace and he would give me so much crap about it <laughs> He'd be like, I don't, I don't like that name. I don't want, I don't want to. I, I want this name or that name. I don't know if anybody knows about the show Will and Grace, but <laughs> she said she would be a, a little redheaded stepchild if we named her Grace. That was the only reason. That was like the one thing I remember. My mom used to watch that when I was younger, and I just remember it was like, I don't know, I don't want to name our daughter after the character in this show. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Her name fits perfectly, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I felt it in my bones, but I had to name her that. It just it felt so perfect. And so she was Dakota, and her just played such a big role in why I, why I came to the Lord. I knew I had to be better. I knew I had to be better for myself, for them, my children, for Sterling especially. He's watched me. I had him when I was 19 years old, so he's he's watched me grow as a person and i just i keep praying that he will see the change in me that he'll see the difference in who i was and who i am now because i've i've tried really hard and i'm i'm still trying really hard come a long way yeah we have it's so crazy i feel like we're completely different people than who we were even just a couple years ago yeah yeah we are yeah and I'm so thankful for this church and all the people in it because if it wasn't for how good this church is and how good our pastors are and how good the people are who have helped us, who have come together to support us in times when we really needed it, I don't think we would be as close to the Lord. I feel like, you know, it, it would still be kind of like a... Still be like in a lukewarm state. Lukewarm, yeah. It, it really just the support that we've received when the tornado happened. And Gabe and Amanda were right there first thing in the morning before I finished my first cup of coffee, you know, just helping us get all those trees out of the way. And, you know, we had friends show up for us right after our house fire the next day, uh, helping us just pack up all of our food and our clothes and everything to get out. Um, I just, I've, it's just amazing. It, the level of community that we have experienced here is yeah that it has what it has it, it that's what really hooked us into this is that the community mm -hmm. and the love is just great it's yeah. overwhelming yeah. overwhelming i feel like the world can be so cruel outside these walls and coming here every sunday and being a part of grow groups every week and um creating relationships with people who are here has really kept us on the straight and narrow it really has i mean i have a hard time sitting down with my bible every day but when i go to grow groups that's our time when i get to you know really discuss the word sitting down and having discussion and hearing each other's opinions on things and i was just saying the other day in group i was like i don't i, I have no idea what this verse means like i don't know what it's trying to say and being able to listen to our friends say their opinions and give us advice it's how it, it really reaches us yeah i like to listen to my bible app on the tractor while i'm working i've gone from genesis to i think right now i'm in first chronicles 23. the amount of stories that i didn't know the actual context to in the bible is ridiculous like i'm finding out new things all the time especially with the with the, the exodus story of moses mm. 
Like that one blew me away. I, I didn't know all the details. Grow groups though, they have been one of the biggest helps to our journey. But you know, like Mariah was talking about with the, um, the clarification of scripture, you know, between, between all of us and just the, the, once again, the community that we have with each other the, and the friendships and bonds that we grow in these things, we're able to talk openly without judgment, you know, about our pasts, about what brought us here, about, you know, just all the things we're learning, all the things that we've gone through to get here. A lot of it makes sense, even though it, it's been really hard, even though, you know, when you're going through it, it feels like there is no end. It feels like, why me? Why, why right now? I'm thankful for the gift to be able to take a step back and truly understand this had to happen because God had something bigger in, plan, in, in his plan for us. You know, without Anthony's accident, we wouldn't have the tools to get to Texas to restart. Uh, we would still be doing the same old things. Around the same old people. The same old people, saying the same stuff, drinking, partying. I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful that I can see that now and that I know that that had to happen because if it didn't happen, we would still be there. Yeah, uh, the way that we were living before, it was heavy, it was drinking constantly. I was drinking like almost daily. I had a marijuana addiction and just didn't think that anything was wrong with any of that. Like just, it, it, it's, you're just living life normal. Where we come from, it's, it it's is pretty normal. normal. It, is, yeah. it is normal to do it with your family, to do it with your friends, to do it with your siblings, your parents. It's weird if you don't do it. It is weird, like they'll say, well, why don't you want a beer tonight? Or why, oh, you don't drink, why not? It, I just, it's crazy because it, I feel like even now, if I were to go back, you know, there is a chance that I would just slip right back into it because it was routine. And it's an everyday journey to, or struggle to continue to, to stay on the right path and not to go back and to see that this is better than that was and even though that was comfortable even though that was easy even though that came naturally that what we're doing now it's so much better it's so much bigger it's so much more important than wh where we were especially for our children yeah. you know our children we they need to be prepared they need to be smart they need to know the lord and it's our responsibility to to teach them, you know, and I don't want to teach them bad habits. I don't want to teach them things that won't help them in the future. Um, I want them to be good people, uh, to be smart, to be healthy, mentally. Lord. Yeah, definitely. And that's one one big thing that uh, that I appreciate about being out here is that that's just a they have better exposure to it. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of, you know, shielded from some of the stuff that goes on in California and the area that we lived in there's just a lot of uh, a lot of influence out there that will drag you to dark places yeah and that that goes for anywhere really but it's just that we're the state that we were in the place that we were in and just the environment in that you know particular area and the particular people we were hanging around is what just brought along just all that negativity all that you know Poor behavior. I'm thankful for my aunt too. Deanna? Yeah. Because like her church was, it was kind of like this one where it's like small, it's comfortable, you get to know the people. And so it made me feel comfortable enough to to want to learn more. And it was, it was a good step. 
rather than going to a mega church where you don't get to create relationships. Which is also what I've been when when I was younger, like my teenage years, that was Bayside. It was, you know, all the Christian churches and stuff like that that I went to were always huge and you didn't get to know anybody in there. Uh, we're really thankful for impact. Yeah. They have made an impact. <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, so the church that we were going to was eventually like a stepping stone from from there to here. And one thing that I really appreciate about this place is the um, the scripture that's involved in it. That's one thing that I didn't really catch a lot from a lot of the churches that I went to is that I feel like I was not catching, you know, scripture. Some of them didn't really, you know, talk about scripture, but they more just talked about life. I mean, even after I was saved, I remember having conversations. Like, I would call your mom, and I would be like, he says I need to read the Bible. I don't need to read the Bible. And now I'm like, whoa, was I, what was, like, what, that was stupid. I was doing what? Thinking. What was it, three Zoom Bible studies? Oh, I, yeah, week. I would complain about it. I'd say, he's doing too many Bible studies. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm thankful for where you've led us. I'm thankful for where we are now. I'm thankful for the, the imprint that you've made on this family because you've really led us to where we are in our faith. It's because you decided to get baptized that day that you led us here. Yeah, it was, it was an important step to take, I feel, mm -hmm. to get us where we are and to remove, not that it's going to, you know, fix your problems and just make everything magically okay for you and everything but it's a better way to cope with it with some of the things that we've gone through it's it's just uh, um, it helps you deal with things better we had that fire at our house yeah. and what was it the day after that fire we're still coming to church we're still going to our drug groups Gabe and Amanda were like you know told us which actually made me feel really good it, it's good to see that even with all this stuff happening with you guys that you're still coming to church and clinging to your faith and it's funny because it, it wasn't even really like a thought in my head not to go like I it wasn't it was it was more like I felt like I needed the Lord more than ever in those moments I felt like I, I needed to come to church I needed to have community in those moments as well. What am I going to do? Sit in my burned up house and looking forward to <laughs> looking forward to grow groups all the time. Yeah, yeah. I love the people that that we always get in them, and then Jarrett and Megan. Yeah, they've been. Yeah. Have we been in like three of them with them? Four, three. 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 Yeah, right now we're working on the power of the tongue, which is which I need. <laughs> Before coming to Christ, I was actually a fly-off-at-the-mouth sort of person a lot. Um, if I got angry, I didn't know how to deal with that, and I would just, you know, flip out. I, on, on social media, I'm always fighting with people. <laughs> social justice warriors is what they call it. <laughs> it's given me a whole new perspective on the, on the way everything works and how to handle things, and I'm still working on it, still working on a lot of that stuff. Um, I mean, that just comes along with the territory. You're, you're growing, you're becoming a better person, trying to look like Jesus, trying to be like him. We'll never attain that, but. You're getting there with not getting a haircut. That mullet that you got going on in the back. I said I would cut it before we came here. Yeah, I'm excited to see what our future looks like. Um, I, I feel good right now but I could, I could be better. We could all be better. I could be better every day. Um, there's moments in my day, like he said, uh, where you know you mess up and 
I say things that I shouldn't say. Um, I'm excited to learn more, especially uh, in the Word, the Bible, really. I feel like I don't really get enough time, and I think that we could all do better in that way. I, I really appreciate Grow Groups for being able to sit down and have those conversations. I get to learn a lot more, and I'm really excited to see what we're doing in our children. I'm really excited to see, especially in Sterling. Um, I had him at 19 years old, and I wasn't saved until I was 27. And so he got to see all the bad habits, all the bad things, all the bad words, um, all the things up until then. And so I'm excited to see change in him. Yeah, we're already seeing change in him. And I'm just, it feels really good knowing that it's going to be consistent and then it's going to continue and that we're going to continue to be better and grow as people and as parents. As I think you can tell the difference too between the way we were before and the way we are now. I think sometimes it makes our family uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes our family is like, oh, like we shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> oh, wasn't that awesome? <laughs> um, so just like we did last week, uh, I just want to share a few things. As um, what's been interesting in this series so far is when we've recorded these, because over the last several weeks, a lot of this has been going on behind the scenes in preparation for the series, but. Going back and watching these again, and uh, just what the Lord, uh, for me, even going back and watching it, what the Lord brings out of them to me, and certain things that uh, really in an unscripted environment, I think that's one of the one of the best things about it is there really is no there really is no script. Um, it's where have you come from, and what has God done in your life, and what have you been through, and man, we can just learn so much from each other, can't we? The Lord can, the Lord can do so much through relationship and um, and us just being willing to share what's going on in our lives, and it's it's just been an encouragement to me over the last uh, several weeks in preparation and then watching these back even even this one this last week. Uh, but what I want to do is I just want to pull out a few things that that stuck out to me that I felt like the Lord would have me share with you and. Um, and we'll just see, I, I just want you to open your heart, open your heart to receive what he wants to do, what he wants to speak to you today. Here's the, so here's the first thing that I want to talk about when I was watching their, their video, their story, it's the importance of family, the importance of family. Um, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but family was God's idea. <laughs> You ever been, sometimes we feel like we came up with, you know, like some of these concepts or whatever, and it's like family. I don't know if you, like, maybe you, hopefully you do know, family was always God's idea. And I just want to read you a few verses. Um, this one, God's plan for us really was to, to always was to become his sons and daughters by placing our faith in Jesus. And if you look at Romans chapter 8, which I love Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 29, I just want to pull out one verse. For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his son, so that his son, talking about Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God, God always had this plan for family, that we would be his sons and that we would be his daughters, and that Jesus would be the firstborn of all of these sons and daughters that would come to faith by believing in Jesus. Uh, if you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, God create, he, he creates man and woman and he brings them together and 
the first family is formed. And I, I just want to read some of this to you. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man, while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. God had this idea of family, bringing people together, two becoming one in marriage. You know, like us becoming followers of Jesus or really sons and daughters of God and us being grafted into the family of God. Family's always been God's idea and we it's it's so important that we recognize that. Because we have a tendency to neglect family. And I'm not just talking about um, your immediate family. I'm also talking about extended family. I'm talking about family that you can find in this room. We you know we have a a saying, I don't even remember where it came from, how we came up with it, but it's several years ago, where we wanted people to feel like when they showed up for church, they ended up with family. That you come to try out a church, but you end up with a family around you. You end up with people that you're connected to, and that's a big reason why there are so many of these things that we do with groups and with serving together and, you know, all like coming together every single week and all these things is so that we would connect with one another, we would find family, we would find connection in that way. But the way, that, uh, the way that we see family is really important. And I believe that we need to be families that attend church regularly together, serve together regularly, or I would say, you know, maybe you have little kids. Be an example. Set an example. What does it look like when your five-year-old's looking at you? Do they see mom or dad serving? Do they see mom or dad making church a priority? Do they see mom or dad reading devotions with them? Do they see mom or dad? Um, I can remember my wife has, has told me this before where she would wake up and she would see the Bible on the table. And it was an example that somebody had been up, you know, like her parent had been up reading the word of God. And it was setting an example for her, worshiping together regularly. It's a big deal. That's why when we have nights of worship or uh, different services where everybody's in here, you know, once or twice a year, there'll be these special services where people are in here. We got one coming up around Christmas time where you'll be able to be in here with your kids and, and they'll be able to see you worshiping, not a worship. And we say, don't stay home just because you have kids. And you don't want your kids to be here. We want your kids here. It's important for your kids to see you lift your hands and see you worship the Lord and see you, you know, engage in that way. And if you have kids, how you raise them really does matter. And one of my one of my favorite verses is Proverbs uh, 22.6. And we, we quote this a lot when we do child dedications and things like that because it's such an important verse. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Some translations, maybe your translation was, you know, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are older, they will not depart from it. The, the example you're setting for your kids and for your family, it's, it's, it's making a difference. It's making an impact one way or another. It's, it's making a difference one way or another. And so my question really to you is, what example are you setting for your family? 
What example are you setting for your family? What example are you setting for your spouse? What example are you setting for your kids? What example are you setting for maybe even the family members in your life that don't know Christ and you do? And what example are you setting for them? Family's an important, it's an important concept. And Mariah, you know, for her to say that, that she hopes that her son sees the change in, in her life is something that I think every parent in the room would, would want. We all know where we've come from. Sometimes we struggle with forgiving ourselves. Sometimes we struggle with seeing ourselves the way that Christ sees us now that we're in Christ. But we would all probably say, I want my, I want my family, I want my kids to see the change in me. I want people around me to see the change in me, to experience the change in me. And I want to, before I go into the second thing, I just want to challenge all the men in the room. I want to challenge you to lead your family. Lead your family. Lead your family spiritually. What, is that, what does that look like? I, I know that's uncomfortable. I am one of you. <laughs> and sometimes it is uncomfortable. Sometimes it feels weird. Sometimes it feels awkward. And here's our problem, is when things get awkward, we back away. We don't persevere, we don't endure, we don't have any backbone. We just back away when things get awkward, when things get tough, when things like, whoo, that felt, you know, did a devotion with the family and that kind of felt weird, you know, so I don't know if we're going to do that again, right? Like, sometimes the weirdness, the weird feeling goes away with consistency. <laughs> the, more you, the more you read your Bible, the less weird it feels. The more you come to church and get around other believers, the less weird it feels. The more, come on, the more you raise your hands in church and worship, the less awkward and weird it feels. Come on, some of us, you know, you remember that time in your life, some of you may even be right there and you were like, you know, today's my day and I'm going to lift my hands at church, you know, and, and you showed up to church and you were, and, and you kind of had this, you know, it's like the worship song and you're like, okay, I kind of like that and you're like, you know, just kind of like, I, I heard a comedian one time and he was going through all these different things, you know, how we lift our hands and what we're, what we're saying or whatever. But the, the more consistently you do things, the less awkward it feels. And I know sometimes, you know, even as men, we don't, we don't think we know how to do that. Um, sometimes it, there can seem like a lot of pressure uh, when it comes to leading your family spiritually. But I just want to give you some practical advice. Um, the primary way to learn how to lead your family well is by drawing close to the Lord. If it feels awkward, if it feels like I don't really, like, and, and maybe you're even asking this question right now. It's like, I don't even, what do I even do? What do I even do? I can give you a great starting point. Draw close to the Lord, and he'll show you what to do, right? Bring your family to church. Read the word daily. Ask the Lord to help you. Family's an important thing. Here's the second thing that I want to pull out. It's the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. Now, I just want to read you a few scriptures on prayer. Obviously not an exhaustive list. There's a lot, of, a lot on prayer in the Bible. But 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. 1 Peter three twelve, which is quoting Psalm 34. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Can I, can I tell you today that God he hears his children Amen. when they pray? He, he hears you. If you're a child of God, come on, I'm telling you, he hears you Amen. when you pray. And sometimes we, have you ever felt like, 
I don't really see the point in prayer. The last time I prayed, I really didn't see anything. God really didn't do anything. It didn't seem like God came through. It, wasn't, it didn't turn out how I wanted it to turn out. And you felt like, or have you ever been, you know, even in church or been at your home in a room or something, and you were praying and you felt like your prayers were just hitting the ceiling? It was like they weren't going anywhere. I came to encourage somebody today that when, even though you may feel that way right now and the enemy's trying to convince you that prayer is not an important thing, God hears you when you pray. God wants to have conversation more with you than you do with him. God hears you when you're praying. I don't know if you're like me or not, but have you ever been thankful for a church family who was able to pray for you during hard times? You ever, you ever been thankful? I know they were mentioning it in their story where when they were still living in California and Anthony had his accident and Mariah said, I was so thankful that your dad, it wasn't even like, it was somebody they were related to was in a church that they could spread the word to some people and, and have people praying for him and praying for his healing and praying while he was in the hospital and all of these things. I'm thankful for people, um, for people around us who are able to pray for us during hard times. I know you know, speaking for us, we've been able to, Amanda and I have been able to sit with people and pray with people in difficult situations, and we've had people in our lives praying for us when we were struggling and when we were walking through things with family members or um, even just personal things. Um, it, it's good to have people around you who are praying for you. And I just want to tell you, if you don't feel like you have that, if you'll, if you'll connect, like, I do think there are some steps that you have to take. I think sometimes we, we come to a church and we think that things are just going to happen organically. But there's a reason why we're always encouraging you, like, get on a team and serve. You meet people and you connect with people and you're using your gifts together. Get in a group and stay in a group. I mentioned this, uh, I mentioned this last semester, I believe, but we're about to that point in the semester where some of you are trying to decide if you want to keep going to your group. Because we're about halfway through. And statistically, there are going to be some people that kind of drop off, and it's like, well, you know, we just kind of lost touch, and we kind of whatever, and I am just came today to challenge you to stay in your group. Stay with those people. See it through to the very end. Finish strong together. It's important to have people that can pray for you. We could say it this way, having a family of believers who can pray for you is a true gift from God. And sometimes it's when we don't have the community of people to call on for prayer that we discover how much we truly need a community of people to call on for prayer. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just didn't know who to call. You didn't know who, I mean, like you just knew you couldn't handle this alone, but you didn't have anybody in your life that you could reach out to and say, oh my goodness, this is what's happening. Can you pray for me? It's an important thing. We need it. We need it. I've mentioned it before, but over the last couple of years, just on this topic of prayer, the Lord has really had us on this journey as a church over the last couple of years, diving a whole lot more into prayer. We, we've always done 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year, and that's coming up. We're going to begin talking to you about that soon. Um, and I would encourage you to begin thinking right now of how you're going to participate in that because it's a powerful, powerful time. But then the May we pray throughout the month of May, you know, taking time to pray together and having prayer nights here at the church and, you know, once a month or even in these seasons of prayer where we're gathering every week to pray or the 21 days of prayer that we do in the fall now. All of these different things where it's like, how can we get people to understand the importance of prayer? 
How can we get people to understand the importance of connecting with God, having conversation with God, pouring your heart out to God, gathering with other people in circles and praying for one another when we have needs? How can we get people to understand the importance of prayer in their life? Even when you're at home, the importance of prayer when you're sitting in your chair or when you're about to go to bed or when you wake up in the morning and you're asking the Lord, you know what I have going on today, will you, will you help me? I know that you're going with me and I'm not going into this alone. And so, and having that conversation with God first thing in the day. Hearing Anthony's story about falling and the injuries that he experienced and then how God protected him and how God healed him and it just reminds me of the goodness of God. It really does. It reminds me that God is a miracle worker, that God's a protector. Um, And some of us have even been protected from things by God that we don't even realize God protected us from. Some of you, some of you had a praying grandma. And you didn't do all the things that could have been possible in your life that would have torn your life apart. Because you had a grandma praying for you when you were 13 and when you were 15 and when you were 17. And now that you're 25 and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. My life could have been terrible or whatever. And you don't even know all of the things that you were protected from and where God stepped in because you had somebody praying for you. And maybe I've got one of those grandmas. I got a grandma, my mom's mom. She may be watching this right now. I don't know. She usually goes back and watches the messages or she'll listen to them. And she is a prayer warrior. I'm telling you, she calls, she calls all of her grandkids and her kids and everybody out by name. She prays for them constantly. She'll send messages. I mean, like, she is praying for us. There is no doubt in my mind that I'm being prayed for. No doubt. I mean, she's just interceding for people constantly. And some of you have had that person in your life. And the reason you're sitting in a seat today is because somebody was praying for you. And if you're, worried about, if you're worried about your kids, you're worried about your grandkids, you're worried about somebody in your life, can I, can I tell you what would be the best thing that you can do for them? Pray for them. Call their name out every day to God and say, God, I know you see this person and what's going on in their life, and I pray that you would draw them to yourself. I pray that somehow today they would encounter you through somebody else and it would change their perspective. They would see you. They would all of a sudden understand because of something. Listen, God uses you sometimes to help other people see that he is real. Sometimes you are the answer to somebody else's prayer for their kid. And because you were listening to God and somebody was praying, God sent you and they had an encounter with you and it changed their life forever. And that all started with a prayer. And God was working behind the scenes in ways that we would never even know. Prayer is a big deal. It's important. It's important. Here's the third thing. I think it's the importance of community. It's the importance of community. Um, Anthony and Mariah spoke a lot about how important uh, and life-changing grow groups have been for them since they came to this church. And I know you get tired of us talking about groups. I know you do. About mid-November, we're going to give you a break for about a month, and then we're going to start talking about them again, all right? (laughs) But here's the thing. You need it. 
You need it. And some of you don't even realize you need it. And some of you are avoiding the one thing that if you would get in it, it would help you in your life. And that's why we talk about it so much is because, listen, I'm telling you, when we started this church, this was a big part of it. That it wouldn't just be this big gathering on Sunday where everybody comes together. That's great. And you're hearing the word of God and we're worshiping together and that's necessary. But that during the week, you'd be getting together in smaller groups of people and studying the word together and going deeper in the word together and being in community, being in relationship with people. A couple of verses that always uh, come to mind when I think about community. And you're familiar with these, it's Ecclesiastes 4, but it gets me every time, there's one statement that gets me every time, it says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Let me just pause right there. The Bible says that two people are better off than one because why? They can help each other succeed. Many of us are trying to succeed on our own. And we don't have anybody around us. We don't have people around us. We don't have community around us to help us succeed at what? Come on, the people around you can help you succeed at God's purpose for your life. It's a big deal. Verse 10 says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. One translation that I always love says, pity the person who falls and does not have somebody there to pick them up. Pity the person who goes through. Anybody ever been through anything difficult in life? Can we just raise our hands? Can we participate for a moment? Anybody been through anything difficult? Just trying to see who all the liars are in church today. Anybody ever been through anything difficult in life? Pity, right, two hands and two feet. Pity the person who falls and or who walks through something difficult in life and does not have anybody there to say you're going to make it it's going to be okay i know that happened and we don't understand it but we're going to get through it together i'm going to sit with you in this right now i'm going to pray for you pity the person who walks through something difficult or who falls and doesn't have somebody there to help them or to pick them back up. And listen, I would even, I would even say it this way. I would even word it this way because I'm this passionate about it. I'm begging you to get in a group and stay in a group. I'm begging you. Don't fall alone. Don't fall alone. Don't go through difficulty alone. Get around some people. Get in a group and stay in a group. Worship team, you can come back and help me. This is the last thing. I was going through all of these and I felt like the Lord showed me the importance of family, the importance of prayer, the importance of community. And on this last one, I was trying to come up with a clever way to say it. To where it would go in that line, right? Because that's what pastor, that's what preachers do, right? We're trying to like get, find the same way to say the same thing over and over and over again so that you can get it. Um, but there really wasn't any other way to say it than to just say it plainly. And, and this is what I want to tell you is God can change your life. Because I really felt like when I was preparing this and I was watching this video and I was going through, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say for this few minutes? What do you want to tell your people? God can change your life. Because there are some of you that are, you're sitting in this room right now or you're watching online 
and you're wondering if life could be different. You're wondering if there's more to it than this. You're wondering if you can ever really get past that thing. If you can ever really get to a better place. Is there anything more to life than this? And to hear Anthony and Mariah and their story, to hear about their life before they surrendered to the Lord, it should be an encouragement. It should be an encouragement to a lot of us in this room of what God can do. It's what God can do. It should be an encouragement to know like, man, they, this was, this was, and, and some of you can relate even more than others sitting next to you. Not being raised in a Christian home. Not really knowing what it looked like really to serve the Lord. To live for God. What it looked like to make uh, godly habits in your life. What it looked like to, to be in the word and study scripture. And man, if nothing else, it should be an encouragement to you that sometimes we need some moments where we say, if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. If God could do it for them, God could do it for my cousin. If God could do it for them, God could do it for my child that's walked away. If God could do it for them, God could do it for my spouse. If God could do it for them, God could do it for my grandpa. If God could do it for them, God could do it for my best friend that, that I've been praying for for years. If God can do it for them, God can change their life. Some of you even have this recognition in your heart where if God could do it for me, because you know where you came from. You know what your life looked like. And if God can do it for me, if God could change me, if God could get me on this path that I'm on, then God can do it for them. Some of you, that's your testimony. You've been wondering what to tell somebody in your life that you've been praying for and that you really want to try to lead to the Lord and, and you've been trying to live it out. And for some of you, for some of you, your testimony is as simple as, this is what my life looked like. And if God can do that for me, if God can change my life, I promise you, if you'll let him, oh, he can change your life too. He can change your life too. I want to say this, and you guys can go ahead and begin to play. Um, I, just, I just felt like this one phrase was for somebody, somebody, maybe just one person in this room today. Thinking about how God can change your life. And I... I seriously felt led to just say this one phrase you are not too far gone and I don't know who in the room today feels like I've, I've gone I've gone you don't even know how far I've gone away you don't even know the thoughts that I think all the time you don't even know you don't even know the things that I've done in my past you don't know how much of a struggle it is for me to forgive myself. And there is no way, there is no way that God would take me back or would really just wipe all that away. Like, there's, there's no way. And I came to tell somebody today, you are not too far gone. And here's, here's, the, here's the great thing about our God. No matter how far you've walked away, listen to me, it's one step back. 
no matter how far you think you have gotten away from God. I have gotten so far away from God. I have been making decisions for the last 10 years. I have not been living for the Lord. I have not been doing what I know I should be doing. I have not been intentional with my time. I have not spent any time with the Lord. And I am so far away from God that I don't even think God hears me. I don't think God knows me. I don't think that God even cares. And the great thing about our God is it is always one step back. Can I tell you why it's one step back? There's a, a, a verse, many of us quote Psalm 23. The very end of that, surely his goodness and mercy will what? Follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No matter how far you've gotten away from God, can I, can I borrow you? Come here. He didn't know this was coming. All right, I, all I need you to do is walk. You're just going to walk. No matter how far you have walked, go ahead. No matter how far you've walked away from God, He's waiting. And when you get to the point to where you come to the end of yourself and you realize, I, I, can't, I can't do it on my own. I thought I could. I've been walking away from God. The great thing about God is he's standing right here. And when you turn around, when you turn around, <laughs> when you turn around, this is how I picture God. When you turn around, his arms look like this right here. He's been following you around like this right here. And the moment that you decide, I got to turn back to God, God's like, I've been waiting on you. <laughs> I've been waiting on you this whole time. I've been waiting on you to come back to me. I've been waiting for you to turn your heart toward me. I've been waiting for you to realize that you can't do it on your own and I want to help you and I've been following you around and my arms are open and it's always just one step back. One step back. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to encourage you. If you feel like you're too far gone, You're never too far gone. And today you can take one step back. So will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? I want to invite our prayer team to come down. This is how I want to end today. And I know we've talked about the importance of, of family. And we've talked about the importance of prayer. And that's what we're about to do right now is pray. And we've talked about the importance of being in community. But I just feel like there's, there's somebody here, somebody, maybe just one person that you needed that statement today. You needed to be reminded that you're never too far gone from God. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. Obviously, if you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, it doesn't matter what it is. You, it does, when you come for prayer, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Sometimes we just need prayer. We just need somebody to pray with us, somebody to agree with us, somebody to pray for us because we don't know where to go. We don't know what else to do. But specifically, if you're here today and you're somebody who feels like, oh, I need to come back to God. I need to come back to God. I'm telling you, God can change your life. And today might be your day. Today might be your day.
So I'm challenging you, if that's you and you feel that and you know it right now, when the worship team begins to sing this song in just a moment, I would just invite you with everybody else who's going to be coming for prayer for whatever, that you would step out of your seat and you would just come tell somebody, I'm coming back to God today. And you would allow these people down here at the front to pray with you and invite you back. Invite you back into relationship with God. So Lord, today we thank you for your word. We thank you for how much you, you use your sons and daughters, even in this series and these videos that we're watching to lead us closer to you. And Lord, I pray as we sing this last song, Holy Spirit, that if there's anybody here today that feels too far from you, they would take the one step back today. In Jesus' name. Real quick, before he starts this last song, uh, I just felt like there was someone else in the room that while he was talking, you were saying, I haven't gone and done all these things, almost like you were having this discussion with the Lord. You haven't gone and done all these things, but you know there's a gap. Um, someone, I felt like there was a gap of grief that, that grief has just been the place that you're stuck in and you've allowed, allowed there to become a distance between you and the Lord because of the grief in your life. And you just feel like you're going through the motions. You're here today because of someone sitting beside you, not even because you desire to be here that's okay so coming forward it's not just saying I ran away from the Lord and and for you to be worried about people judging you in the room because well what have they done that's not what this is about maybe that is you and that's okay there's no judgment no stones I'll say as in Jesus did in, in the word when he said the woman that was there and they were getting ready to stone go ahead throw stones you who have not sinned because we've all sinned and fallen short there's no judgment but maybe you're in here also, as well as what Gabriel said, I really believe God is speaking so specifically to some people in here. Just, but there's, there's like a wave of grief. Even I felt like there's like a wave of, of bitterness, of just, you've just been hurt. You're hurting someone in here. I mean, it's just like significant. You're just hurting and you feel stuck in the hurt and you've just been going through the motions of life. And, and you're here going through the motions and that's okay, God is with you and he is near and the same that Gabriel just showed Pastor Gabe just showed everyone the same applies, he's one step away you may feel like he is light years away but we were listening to a message this morning and the, and the pastor, the one line he kept saying is that I'll trust you even when I can't track you you may feel like you cannot track God right now but you can trust his heart and his word says that goodness and mercy follow you, he's right there so do not miss this opportunity to come allow someone to pray over you, to agree with you. Even if you have no words, you just say, I'm right here and I don't know what I'm doing here or I'm just stuck or whatever you want to say. Allow people to, to agree with you. Don't miss the opportunity to be able to take a step closer to the Lord. So, Lord, right now we thank you and we just ask you, Holy Spirit, that as we sing this song, that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life in Jesus' name.